I'm Michelle Miao, host of The Michelle Miao Show, your A through Z, covering the LGBT, LMNOP, and everyone in between. Our special guest today has over 10 years of experience coaching uh, women's and men's college basketball. Just recently, he is the uh, he was the assistant coach and director of basketball operations at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington. And uh, he just came out, actually, very publicly in an opinions piece posted at Outsports.com. And I'm just going to read a quote for you, and I think it's the best way to introduce him. This is a scary time for everyone, and the unknown is always difficult to deal with. But I have made a decision to use this time to become completely open and honest with myself and the people around me. I'm gay. Let's welcome Matt Lynch to the program. Matt, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, does it feel does it feel just as good writing it to the world, I'm gay, than saying it out loud to everyone who's watching this morning? Yeah, it's uh it's been a great month and it's everybody's been super positive with me and it's uh it's an exciting time. Let's take it uh, all the way back because traditionally we do ask the question of share a coming out story with us. But since that is the entire show for you, we're talking <laughs> about your coming out. Um, yeah. Let's talk about, you know, let's start with maybe the moment that you knew for yourself and the, the moment you came out to yourself. Yeah, I think it was something that I always knew, um, but tried to hide uh, just in growing up, um, you know, everybody goes through their own journey and everyone's journey takes their, uh, a different amount of time. And I just, I knew at a young age, but tried to fight it. And uh, through this process, I just, I was naive to think that I could bury something as strong and big in your life as someone's sexual, sexual orientation. And uh, eventually it just, I come to terms with it. I have a great family that supported me and, uh, I did the article and not looking back. In, in the article, you do kind of mention kind of starting with one person and then the second person and, and increasingly uh, enlarging the circle of people who knew who was the first person you told or informed and how did that go and what were you expecting to happen and what happened? Um, the first person outside of my family that I told was one of my best friends. Uh, we're still friends today. Um, her name is Lauren Davis. She works at Tulane University. And uh, she's just somebody that always had my back, always supported me. And it was one of, one of those times, to, to be honest, to say that I, I knew that this was going to be easy. Um, I knew how she felt about me. I knew that I would have her support. And I was, I was, I was relieved to get it off my chest. And it, it didn't change a thing between her and I. I, I I wanted to ask actually, like you know, about basketball and the love about basketball before we get yeah. into talking about the different relationships and uh, the culture of sports. Um, I assume I assume every coach out there, you know, he has their athletic as well. I don't know what came first, loving to help folks be their best talent, or you as the talent himself. Did you play basketball? Yeah, so I I played growing up and. Um, to be honest, the talent never came. Uh, drive wasn't necessarily there. Uh, I, at first I started playing because my dad played and, you know, it's kind of basketball is just something my family always did. And then in time when it stopped being something I was, you know, encouraged to do or forced to do, it was, it became something that I enjoyed doing. And then, um, I always knew that, I, I didn't work hard enough at it to play at the college level, but I did play in high school. And through actually my high school coach, uh, I kind of talked about it in the article, the relationship that I had with him, he just believed in me so much. And the way the support that he gave me is kind of what lit the fire for me to get into coaching and kind of pursue that dream because the re it's just the relationship side that you can build through sport. How how do you, as a coach, kind of judge your success? I mean, is it number of wins or is it individual, you know, successes of, of players that you work with? Yeah. So in the coaching world, it's it's always judged by wins and losses by the outside. And that's kind of funny because I, I haven't had a above 500 record in the last seven years. I mean, the last time I had that 
was uh, when I was coaching D2 basketball at my alma mater, Edinburgh University. And so from a wins and loss standpoint, I haven't been successful, so to speak, but I judge it through the relationship pieces. And uh, that's, you know, the winning is important. Um, There's there's two types of coaches in this business, coaches that have been fired and coaches that are going to get fired. And so, you know, you have to find other ways to measure your success. And with me, it just came through the relationships and through the players. It's, it's all with me. It's all about the players. Um, they're, they're not only going to go, you know, out into the workforce and be, you know, future leaders in our society, but it's just the enjoyment that I got working with both the men and the women players that I've had is really what drives me even today. What's interesting is that, you know, you decided to write this and, and come out and meet a lot of uh, uh, folks who are LGBTQ and in, in sports. It's obviously a personal decision for when you want to come out and when you do come out that it's safe to do so. You came out uh, during a pandemic and uh, early spring, which should be, you know, the most busiest wild time for college basketball. So many people sad to sit See that you know, uh, March Madness was was canceled. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I, it's interesting. I, I'd love to hear kind of you talk about the experience of coming out during a pandemic. Why um, why you chose it? I think there's a quote in the article that you clearly say you you didn't want to die uh, with a lie. Yeah. So um, it kind of goes back to like I said. I, I've always known that I had this secret and in time I've told more and more people and, and it kind of got to, it was, it was coming to a head, so to speak this year. Um, I had this, I'm very close with my family. Um, they're ultra supportive. They, uh, I'm a product of my environment. You know, they they are great. And, uh, you know, it's rubbed off on, onto me. And so I was on the phone with my parents one night and we were discussing, you know, when I should make this, or, or how to make the announcement, you know, just kind of what to do. And we came up with a, a bunch of different reasons to do it at the start of the year. And then, then we kind of dialed it back and started to say, well, maybe we should do it at the end of the year. And then kind of through the conversation, I, I quickly realized that there really is no perfect time. Like I, I can choose any time that I want. And, um, you know, someone would give me a, a reason that it was negative to do it then. And someone would say, oh, you should do it this way or that way. And so I just, I, I knew that this was going to be my last season in the closet. I didn't know that we were going to have a coaching change and a pandemic and, you know, the world was going to be turned upside down. That really wasn't part of my plan. But uh, the season ended and uh, we had a coaching change in the middle of the year. And then we, they promoted a, uh, a interim assistant, Coach Rob Burke. And uh, he he had some success and we were hopeful that maybe he could win the job. Well, unfortunately, that didn't happen. And uh, we uh, one of the officials that refereed our conference tournament game up in Washington, D.C., he tested positive for the coronavirus. And we we played that game on a Saturday. He tested positive on a Tuesday. And so on Wednesday, we got a phone call from the athletic director we were all still on staff at this point. And he kind of said, hey, we need you guys to self-quarantine for 14 days. And uh, it, it was uh, kind of came by shock. You know, nobody was prepared for it. But the university did a great job of checking in on us. You know, if we needed any food or groceries, anything delivered to our houses, they were more than willing to take care of us. And I ultimately had 14 days in a 700 square foot apartment. And um, just spent a lot of time thinking. And I, I've always known that I wanted to use uh, Outsports.com. They're, they're an unbelievable website. They've got unbelievable people working there, specifically uh, Jim uh, Bozinski, um, who, who was the, really the editor of my article. And um, I, I've always known that that was a, uh, a resource that I wanted to use to tell my story. So I reached out to Jim and um, he, he kind of gave me some guidelines to write the article. And so I went to work and the first article took me about seven hours to write. And when I finished it, um, I realized it was 
It was complete garbage. I, I hated it. And so um, I wasn't necessarily supposed to leave my apartment, but I decided to go for a run. I'm a big walker. I love to exercise. And so I went for a run and, and you know, social distanced and kept my distance away from everybody. And I came back, took a shower and sat down and I was like, okay, let me start over. Let me try and write this again and just pretend I didn't even write the first one. And so I spent about 45 minutes and that ultimately, that article I wrote in 45 minutes was the one that we ended up publishing. And that one just flew, uh, kind of flowed out of me so much easier than the first one. And I just kind of made the decision that I didn't want to be in a situation where I got a call about a job and they wanted me to come and, and interview. And I just didn't want to be backed into a corner in which I was in the closet again. And, oh, I don't want to come out with this secret because I'm afraid that so-and-so might judge me and then I might not get a job. And I just wanted to put it out there. I wanted it to be known. Um, I wanted to be authentic. And I wanted it, the next coach, whoever does hopefully offer, offer me an opportunity, I wanted the honesty and the truth to be there. And uh, I really felt like I was just playing with house money. I didn't have anything to lose. I didn't have... I didn't have a team or a job to lose or, you know, I didn't have players or parents or anybody that could feel a certain type of way. I was a, I was a free agent, so to speak. And I just wanted to roll the dice and kind of bet on myself. Uh, at Jim Bozinski at Outsports.com uh, did a follow-up article, uh, I think it was yesterday. And yeah. uh, in it, he, he checked in with you again and, and you were saying what has happened since then. And what I, what I was particularly particularly interested in was the day of, so the day that this actually appears in Outsports.com, you went for a drive, right? Yeah, I drove, uh, I drove from, we were done with self-quarantine by then. And I was coming back up to Pennsylvania to my parents' house, and I wanted to be there for the Easter holiday. And I'm actually still here now, going to stay through Mother's Day. Um, and so I just knew that it kind of ended up being perfect timing. And I wanted to, to let, I was happy that the article was coming out on that Friday for multiple reasons, but one of which I was, I was going to be in the car for a 12-hour drive, and uh, the adrenaline just kind of helped me push through. <sighs> Um, Matt, you, you mentioned earlier, you know, being a good coach and what makes a good coach. Uh, and you talked about how important the relationships are. And I'm, I'm hearing you talk, talk about the importance of being authentic. And that's obviously important in, in relationships. Um, tell us a little bit more about, you know, the, the people that you started to come out to, the responses from some of the players, uh, maybe, and maybe some of the people that you're, most afraid of of knowing, you know, that you're a gay man and if they have responded to you as well. Right. Um, so the probably the first major person that I told was one of our assistant coaches. Um, his name is Coach Rob Burke. And he, he is the coach in the article that I kind of tell a little story about. And, and to me, that that sums up who he is. And um, just to kind of put that into perspective, Coach Burke was hired alongside with me. And we worked in a, a separate office kind of opposite the coaching staff. And when he was hired, he was hired as the director of ops. My first position, my first year was video coordinator. And we had the, this very unique office that was underneath the stairwell um, in our arena. And so we, we referred to it as the dungeon. You know, it was dark. There was no windows. There's one way in and out. Um, and we both value the relationships with the players. It's, it's all about them. And so we just did some things uh, to kind of create a player-friendly environment. Um, we added an Apple TV. We got a fridge. Um, we always had food. We'd get the music going. And uh, it really was, you know, from, from the hours of nine to five, that, that place would be a party. The dungeon was, was popping all the time. And so um, him and I, we just built this strong relationship. That first year, his family didn't move from his previous job in Wilmington yet. And so he was kind of, he called it his sabbatical. He was living his sabbatical year away from his wife and kids. And so with me being single, we just would, we'd work all hours of the night and, and we just really built a great relationship. And so, um, you know, if there was any coach on staff that probably had an idea, um, you know, that I was gay, it was Coach Burke. 
And that was mainly because we would go out socially, whether it was to the bar or with other uh, athletic department staff. And there would be situations, you know, that would uh, put me around females. And um, he would just notice that I would really never pursue it. But uh, this past year, I wanted to tell him. And so we've gone for, you know, post-work beers, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times. And so I told him, uh, hey, I, I want to go get a beer and I want to tell you a story. And I got something I really need to get off my chest. And so he said, great, let's do it. And so we went, we had a couple beers and we were watching football and, um, you know, snacking on some chips. And uh, eventually I kind of mustered up the courage. I had written this note on my phone. And the note pretty much explained that I was gay in a very, very elaborate way. It was, uh, you know, over the top. And I still sometimes couldn't even bring myself to say the words. And so I, I had a couple beers and got a couple, a little bit of liquid courage in me. And I, I pulled the phone out and I was like, you know, Burke, need you to read this. And I slid it across the table to him. And so he starts to read it. And as he's reading it, he's smiling and he's smiling and, uh, you know, he's nodding his head and shaking his head. And eventually he gets up and he comes over and he, he gives me a big hug. And I got to pause the story real quick. Now, what you need to know about Coach Burke is he knows everything. At least he'll tell you that. He's never been wrong. He's got all the answers. You know, he's, you know, he's locked in all the time. And so he knew that I was gay. You know, he's known forever, all this stuff. And so he gives me this big hug and then he turns and he smacks me on the butt and then he starts laughing. And I, I kind of like look at him and I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, you know, you probably like that, don't you? And I'm like, Burke. And he's like, what? And he's like, you do? Like, I'm just giving you what you want. And I'm like, no, no, Burke, I don't like you. And, uh, you know, we had this morning ritual where we'd go work out in the morning with our uh, strength coach, uh, Ben Fleming. And then we'd go back to the uh, staff locker room. We'd take a shower and go down to the dungeon. We'd get the day started. And so he, he was quick to tell me, he's like, hey, we can still work out in the morning. But like when it comes time to shower, like I don't want you looking over here at this 232 body. Like this ain't for you. And like he's just a giant goofball. And with him getting being so goofy about it and just so open to it, it instantly just gave me confidence um, that I could just be myself around them. And uh, that kind of, that exchange between him and I really, it, it kind of propelled me through the year. Um, I told more and more uh, players, friends, family, you know, all of that as the year went on. And it's really, it's, it's unique because just, just like you guys asked, everybody asked like, oh, how did the players deal with it? Or, or what do the players think? And to be honest with you, the players are the most receptive. The players are, you know, they're younger. And as they have grown up, you know, being gay, being lesbian, you know, being bi, transgender, anything um, has become more and more common as we know. And so with those players, as they've grown up, it's, it's been more and more common. They're, they're more and more exposed to it. And through that situation, it's not as big of a deal. It's, you know, it's definitely... I catch people by surprise. Apparently, I don't. I don't give off that vibe or you know anything like that. And so, I guess you can't necessarily see it as if you can see someone's sexuality to begin with. But um, you know, they're they've been very receptive to it. They 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 love me for being me. Uh, you know, we're we're all still brothers, and I, I'm constantly hearing from them even now during the pandemic, and they they check in on me and still have my back, and I have theirs and. We, we love each other. We have a question from our viewers, and, and they ask, did you have a religious upbringing, and did that affect either your views about yourself or uh, acceptance of yourself, either positively or negatively? Yeah, I was raised um, in the Catholic Church, and uh, I went to Catholic school growing up. And to be honest, I was always around good people. You know, the, the Bible is, is often left open for interpretation, and um, I, I've never really been a fan of that. Like I like to, if I'm going to read something, I'm going to read it and I want to make a decision on it myself, um, you know, because there's multiple contradicting messages in there. 
But I've kind of, from a faith standpoint, I kind of live my life on treat people the right way, uh, do things the right way, and uh, you know, treat people how you wanted to be treated. And um, there was never any moments, you know, growing up where I I had the church in the back of my head as you know uh, I was living a sinful life or anything like that. I I am who I am. I was made this way. It's it's not a choice. And, uh, you know, I was created for a reason and I'm uh, just kind of trying to live my life to the best of my ability. It's interesting you say, you know, uh, the the players and and college sports, uh, more and more lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, you know, folks are are coming out. So it might be a difference in opinion of um, uh, how you feel about LGBTQ people in sports. But in, in... professional sports such as the NBA, NFL, uh, that all still is being worked out. Um, I think it's still pretty homophobic environment uh, in, a, in a lot of ways, I mean, personal opinion. Uh, but I mean, you, you know, not a lot of LGBTQ people in those professional settings are coming out. Uh, do you think that that's also a, a generational thing and that there could be a, a complete shift? Yeah. So, so that's why I think outsports.com is such a great site because they do do, uh, they publicize that. And so there, there has been, you know, athletes that have come out, uh, Robbie Rogers, Michael Sam, um, you know, Scott France. Um, he is a football player at Kansas State. And uh, I actually kind of have a, uh, a unique connection to Scott, as in I, I coached Scott's brother, Brett, when I was at Youngstown State. And so Scott was one of the first to come out um, at a power five school as an out gay male in uh, college football. And it was just, I, I still remember the day that Brett came into my office and told me, and he, you know, it's, it's becoming more and more normal. And I think it's so important that people like myself tell their story to help normalize it, you know, because one day, hopefully this will be something that, you know, is just, you know, people don't have to come out as straight. And, you know, it's just we shouldn't have to make big announcements or or write, you know, lengthy articles on outsports.com. I'm not trying to put them out of business, but like I look forward to the day that it's just, uh, you know, you see a person for a person and not whom they want to put their head down next to at night. I think it is one of the most awkward things on this program, at least, because, you know, I started out telling you it's tradition here on the program that we share a coming out story. And so sometimes we'll ask uh, a straight person, share it with us a coming out story, however you, you know, however that connects with you. And so it's always like a chuckle because most of the the uh, heterosexual people who come on the program are allies anyway. But you're right. super right. I love that quote where it's not, you know, it's about eliminating the need to, to come out. And that's why we still share these stories. Um, John. Well, you, you, you've said, and it might have been in Jim Bozinski's follow-up article, I'm not sure, but you said you heard from folks, including some folks in the NBA, and, and t- talk a bit about what you heard and why it's important that people who, you know, we have those straight allies and others who will, uh, you know, welcome people when they make a, a, a reveal something about themselves like this. Yeah, um, I, I've heard from coaches at every level, high school, college, the NBA, uh, you know, the WNBA. And it's just, it's been great. They, it's been unbelievable the amount of people that reach out and just say that they can relate to my story, that if they were to write, you know, a coming out article, they feel like it would go word for word what is written in my own. And just, you know, it's been amazing for me to hear from those guys in the NBA and in the G League and just know that, you know, there's more people like you out there. There's people, it's possible to do this. Now, a lot of these, if, if not all of the people that reached out to me are still in the closet. And, and you know, I think it's, it's, it's their journey, you know, for them to come out in, in any way, shape or form that they want to do. But uh, it kind of relates back to what I was just saying of, you know, we need to try and normalize this. And if, if people just stay in the closet and hey, it took me 29 years to come out. And so, you know, we, we need to we need to tell our stories and we need to connect with people and we need to, you know, uh, I kind of said in my article, we I, I didn't have a specific role model coming up. 
And so um, I never really thought of myself as a pioneer or a trailblazer, so to speak. But, you know, if, if I can inspire or, you know, help one other um, male, female, transgender person go through what I went through in an, an easier way, um, you know, I, I think that me telling my story was worth it. And so I hope that those college and NBA coaches that have reached out um, can find a way to tell their story. And I just try and be a resource for them and, you know, just be a, I'm, I'm an ear to listen always. I was hoping that you would add to that by saying that you've, all these folks have reached out to you and you're happy to announce that when we can go and see a college basketball again, or maybe even a WNBA game that you are the new coach of X team. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. Uh, I've got a couple, you know, eggs in different baskets. Um, you know, nothing for you yet, but uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of funny. There was a no, I haven't even shared this part. Like when I originally put out the article, I wasn't sure if it was going to how it was going to be received. And so I was at the time I was fully prepared to to step away from coaching. And um, you know, I was I. I've always had this obsession with Tampa, Florida. I, I don't know why. I think I've been to Tampa one time. I just, I've, I've loved Tampa. It's, uh, you know, the Gulf of Tampa and, you know, the warm weather. I mean, Florida being Florida, I've just always loved it. And so I started to apply for jobs down there. And I went and I probably applied for 30, 40 jobs. And uh, I was serious about it for about a week. And then, you know, um, I just started to think about basketball again and coaching and and hearing from my players and and talking with other you know coworkers in in the profession and it's just it's just who I am it's not something I can step away from it's just like it's part of me I'm, I'm happier in a gym you know I I did say in one of the articles in Outsports like I've never worked a day in my life um, you know I I I can't believe that they pay me to go in there and just you know. I feel like I'm hanging out and having a good time, but, you know, I, I definitely value the relationships I'm building with everybody. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's in my future one way or another, you know, I, I will, I'll land something and, um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. In your, I think your original article, you, you mentioned, you know, yes, you enjoy the work, but that you actually did work a lot and you became really good at your job, partly because you were the one who was staying late and who was, you know, not going out carousing or whatever. Um, now that you're out, are you slacking off and you're just going to become a lazy coach? No, not at all. Uh, you know, it's, it's like, it's not going to change. Um, you know, I am, I am definitely going stir crazy as I think everybody is in quarantine. Um, I have picked up, I'm trying to read more and kind of keep that mental edge going since there's not a lot that, you know, you can do, but I'm doing that and I'm walking a lot. I'm walking like, you know, eight, 10 miles a day, just listening to podcasts or, you know, books on tape or anything like that. But no, I'm, I think I'm, I'm as hungry as ever for this because now that I've put this out there, um, I almost feel I, I kind of have this internal motivation that like, okay, Matt, you, you said you wanted to be this role model and like, you better like, you better be freaking good at this because like people are going to be looking at you and, and you can't fail. Like, you know, so it's, uh, there's a lot of motivation to find a way to one land a job and then succeed, you know, continue to climb the ladder and, and show people that, that there's, you, you can be gay in sport. I think a lot of us are even asking ourselves and asking our colleagues, so what happens next? What's going to happen to us? I'm curious to know if, uh, what kind of thoughts you're having about the future of basketball, uh, sports, and especially the opportunity to come to a game. If you've had any internal conversations with other folks in the league uh, or you know the, the people in, in college basketball and kind of what they think, like what might change about it. Yeah. So, you know, I've also used this time to research the NBA and learn a lot about the NBA. And so I've kind of heard this, a similar message between both groups. And it just sounds like the summer is, is going to be off limits. You know, the, the, uh, the juice isn't worth the squeeze, so to speak, as far as bringing everybody back too soon. And so, 
Um, like I know for a fact, North Carolina Wilmington has, you know, only online summer courses. Like there will be no in-person classes. Um, but like in the state of North Carolina, the, the state system has committed to, you know, having in-person fall classes and they've come out and said that. Now, obviously nobody can predict the future, but, uh, I know that the NBA is trying to come up with ways to continue the season. And I think it's, it's really important that they do. But obviously the player's health and, and the coach's health and everyone's health is, is at the forefront of everything. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a logistical nightmare. Um, you know, the, the WNBA, you know, so to speak, is there, there are still an up and coming league and don't always get the, you know, um, attention that I think that they deserve. I mean, those are the best women players in the world. And, uh, you know, it's important that that league continues on. They've got some good momentum and, and they need they need that season to continue building that brand that they have. Um, I actually got on the phone yesterday with Coach Kurt Miller of the uh, Connecticut Sun and we talked for a long time. And you know, he just kind of expressed that, you know, they're trying to figure out ways to keep the season on and, and you know, figure all that out. But it is, it's just a logistical nightmare. And uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen. My, my, if gut tells me that, you know, they would probably, they're going to have to postpone the WNBA season and, and more than likely cancel the NBA season. But I hope that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. I had this vision that, is it possible for basketball players to play in hazmat suits or face shields and latex gloves? I guess. At that point, yeah, you might as well cancel the season and hope for the best in uh, our health. John? Uh, kind of a different direction from that. Someone in the audience asks, uh, is coaching in the NBA a goal of yours, one of your aspirations, or do you prefer college level? You know, you would think that both NBA and college is you know, similar, and there's definitely a lot of similarities to it, but they are. They're two different complete worlds. And so that's why part of my quarantine project, you know, has been to just learn about the NBA. And because I, I know nothing of the, you know, players association, the cap space and all of that stuff. And so I've just been trying to learn um, as much as I can. And, you know, I just know I want to be in basketball. If, if the right opportunity comes in the NBA, I'll absolutely pursue it. And if the right opportunity comes at the college level, um, I'll definitely pursue it. I, I could see myself probably doing a little bit of both. You know, obviously I wouldn't be bouncing back and forth uh, year to year, but I could see myself going into the NBA for a few years and maybe trying to come back to the college level or continuing in the college level as I continue to learn about the NBA and, you know, go there. I mean, it's, uh, with me, it's just, it's about, this next one is about finding the right fit. Um, I need to find a coach that is going to support me and my lifestyle and uh, also allow me to be a, a advocate for the gay community and help me kind of, you know, normalize this. That, that, that's interesting. We, we've had uh, Katie Sowers on our program here, and uh, she's yep. out uh, 49ers uh, assistant coach. And it was kind of great to see at the Super Bowl that she was getting a lot of national attention as the first out, you know, coach to be in the Super Bowl. Um, but going along with uh, what we were just talking about, um, it, I know, okay, I don't know coaching well, but I know different coaches and assistant coaches have different responsibilities. Is there one of those positions that, that you enjoy the most or ha that really, you know, fits with your uh, conception of how you see yourself being able to really have an impact, uh, or are they all you want to have them? You want to do them all sooner or later? I mean, how how does that work with you? Yeah, uh, it's funny because you know, even in the article, I talk about um, you know, I would I would just go to work and work and work and and not worry about being gay or go on dates and and you know, being in a relationship and everything. I think I do you know, revolves around that word, relationships. And uh, with me, I, I think my best, my greatest strength is my ability to form relationships with our guys. Um, it does help, um, you know, I'm 29 and I'm close enough in their age and, and I look like I'm 12. And so, you know, it, uh, 
it they they relate to me and i have a i have a master's degree in sports psychology that i got from the university or from miami ohio university and uh it just taught me so much it wasn't something i was really planning on going after but uh one of my mentors colleen day really encouraged me to do that and uh it helped me look at um look at coaching and look at players in a completely different way. I mean, this past year we had a young man on our, on our team and uh, I, he was a junior college kid came, came in and uh, I got to know him and he would, he would take his, his heart out and he'd put it on the floor for you. I mean, he would just play so hard all the time. And like the analogy I used with him is he would, he would get so frustrated that I, I think of like a cup of water and like in coaching, you want to pour into your players and um, with knowledge. And so in order to hit this particular player, you would almost have to like go down the bench, sit down next to him and be like, okay, talk to me. And he would just, he would vomit out the mouth frustration for about three straight minutes and I would just sit there and nod and nod and listen and yep, okay, uh-huh, got it, got it. And I just had to let him get that out because his cup was so full, it was overflowing that like in order for me to coach him, I had to empty some of that water so that I could pour back into him. And so just kind of like learning that type of stuff has really allowed me, I mean, he'll tell you to this day that uh, I was the reason he was able to make it through this year. And um you know, just, just those relationships is really what drives me. And so any job that I take, I want to be able to recruit. I want to, uh, you know, if I'm in the NBA, I want to be working with the players and kind of, I just, I love being a part of a team. I think I, I cannot remember a year in my life that I wasn't a part of a team. And so uh, that's just really important for me to continue. Well, if you if you transition in into being life coach or being a life coach, I need one. You you sound like an amazing, incredible coach, and I had no idea that it gets that deep. I always thought like it was like here's a play. Let me help you figure this out and 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 support you, um, Matt. What about the LGBTQ community's response? Has Ellen DeGeneres sent you a toaster yet? Like welcome to the family. No, and I'm like I'm waiting on it. Like I'm ready to go. No, she she has not. Um, but but the community itself has been amazing. I, I kind of tried to talk about that in my follow up article. Is just w- when you're coming out, you you rely on your your circle, you know, your group. And I was I was counting on them to have my back and be supportive. You know, I was not ready for the outpouring that came from the gay community of complete strangers, people I've never met. And within that, it was just. It was it was tough to read some of their stories that they would send me, and you know, uh, somebody would say, "Hey, I'm I'm 55, and I, I have a wife and three kids, and I'm I am going to die with the lie, and I am, you know, I I can't come out, and you know, thank you for doing it, and and you'll be so happy, and you know, I you know, your heart breaks for those people, and I just I took the time to read every email, and there was there really was hundreds of them. And uh, tried to respond to everyone and just let them know that I saw their story and I, I understand and just kind of like continue the conversation. Um, you know, it's it's been weird and, and, you know, I've learned in this process that like some people would email me and have all, ulterior motives, you know. And so it's been interesting to kind of like, you know, thread through all those. But in doing it, I got to got to meet and talk with a lot of genuine people. And I've, that's, has really been, uh, you know, hopeful and inspiring. And it's just something I look forward to. I mean, I, I love every time that Jim wants to put out an article because at the bottom he puts my contact information or my social media and it allows more people to like find me and reach out and, and just continue the conversation of trying to normalize this. While we're there, uh, why don't you give people your Twitter handle? So they can follow you. Yeah. Um, at Lynch, L-Y-N-C-H, five underscore. And it's the same for Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I do have Facebook, but I'm not I'm not good with the Facebook. Uh, I created it because, you know, Jim asked me to. And um, there's a couple great, great resource groups on there. 
uh, that that I've really enjoyed being a part of. But Facebook can get overwhelming quick, so uh, I just kind of usually operate with Twitter and Instagram. You mentioned there were some folks who wrote you and they had ulterior motives. What do you mean by that? Um, you know, I guess to start, like maybe like people interested in pursuing a relationship or getting to know me in more romantic level. And like, that was, you know, that's as somebody I, I've never been on an official date, you know, I've, I've gone on a couple, whether it was like a, a dating app date or something like that, but not like, you know, not an official, I'm not trying to like hide part of my life and don't want you to figure out what I do and all that. And so that, that part of being gay is completely foreign to me. And, um, you know, just interesting to talk with some people that were, interested in me in really that way, whether they were close to my age, younger than me, older than me, you know, all of, you know, that delicate dance, so to speak. And it's, uh, it's a, it's an ongoing thing. I, I got a lot of experience. I can coach you guys how to guard a ball screen, you know, every day of the week, but, uh, going on a date is something new. And, uh, when this quarantine ends, I'll get a little bit more practice at it. <laughs> I did wonder, you know, coming out um, during quarantine or pandemic, how would dating go? Uh, is that all an all virtual experience or uh, I guess you're, you're kind of swimming through it and not necessarily throwing yourself in the dating pool, but being very, right. uh, yeah, cautious a little bit. It, it, yeah. It's, it's been interesting and like, everyone's like, you know, a couple of my guys, I would always ask them about their girlfriends and their relationships because at the end of the, at the end of the day, at the college level, like players are going to listen to their significant other more than they're going to listen to their coaches. And so I've had to learn that like, you know, if I want to try and reach a certain player, I need to get to know his girlfriend. And I kind of would dub all girlfriends, baby girl, you know, I got to, when, when are you going to bring baby girl by the office? I need to meet baby girl. How's baby girl doing? What's going on with baby girl? And so it's been funny to see how my players have now taken that, you know, twisted around and now they'll call me and Hey, Hey Matt, you know, how's baby boy doing? Like what's baby boy up to Is he around or what's going on? But uh, you know, they, everybody's like, Hey, do you have this great, you know, great weight off of your shoulders. And like, have you met anybody? And I'm like, no, I've, I've moved home, so to speak. And I've, uh, the only person, people I've seen for the last eight weeks has been my mom, dad, brother, and sister. And so like, it's, uh, you know, everybody that's seen me uh, was aware that I was gay. And, you know, it's, uh, it's been, you know, it's been interesting, but when quarantine ends and hopefully that's soon, you know, I'll, I'll kind of experience the the life a little bit more and get more experience. Oh man! Now your brother is also a, a college basketball coach. Is that correct? Um, he is now in the high school level. He he used to coach at uh, college basketball, women's basketball at Edinburgh University, but now he's coaching um, high school basketball at Cathedral Prep, and it's kind of a it's a family affair. My uh, my dad is his assistant, and uh, mom is mom and sister are biggest supporters. And, uh, you know, I, I sent him texts before the game and check in on him, And he's, uh, he's my best friend without a doubt. And, uh, you know, he's, he's doing a great job with them. Uh, I wanted to ask, it sounds like, you know, you, yes, you're just coming out and, uh, you know, getting into gay life, gay culture. Have you ever been to a pride parade? I have not. Um, it's never really crossed my mind. Um, but, Definitely interested. Um, to be honest, I need to learn more. I need to spend some time uh, getting cultured, so to speak. I've, uh, like I said, I've taken up reading. And so I had read Robbie Rogers' um, book, uh, Coming Out to Play, and I had read it before, but I went back and like reread it and uh, really enjoyed that. Um, one of the people that contacted me through Facebook and uh, another person in via email had brought up the book, uh, Call Me By Your Name. And um, I, had, I had seen the movie, but never read the book. And so uh, I got the book out and read it and, and really enjoyed that too. So I'm trying to spend some time and learn more and more about, you know, the gay culture and kind of the, the history, so to speak, and just uh, educate myself. What about music? Music's always a good indicator of uh, how much, you know, 
gay culture you're you're in or you know do you have um favorite artists or favorite type types of music yeah definitely you know just you know that that side of my life is is really important too i love music music is probably the thing the thing in my life I, the only thing i love more than basketball um it just uh growing up in basketball definitely hip-hop is my favorite uh, I love J. Cole. Everybody that knows me lo- knows that I love J. Cole. Um, I love Mac Miller, uh, Drake. Gotta love Drake. Uh, but I, I just enjoy, I really enjoy all types of music other than country. I've never really gotten into country. That's not really been my thing. But like my dad, I feel like my dad has great taste in music and loves disco and Cool in the Gang and Michael Jackson and all that stuff. And so I listened to that growing up and, and still love it now. And, um, you know, music's just, music has a, the ability to transport you. And uh, just kind of funny, as as the article was going to come out originally, my favorite artist is J. Cole, and my favorite song by him is called uh, Love Yours. And he has, uh, the whole song is based upon, you know, loving your life. And uh, I put up an Instagram post with captions from it, but the, there's a phrase in there, there's beauty in the struggle. And I actually, I have a chain on, a gold chain with uh, beauty in the struggle engraved on it. And it's something I just kind of live my life by. And it's, you have to enjoy the journey. You have to enjoy the process. You have to enjoy the good moments and the bad moments. And, you know, you, if you look at it, you can see beauty in the struggle and, and you know, you can see the positives and the negatives. And kind of that, that in itself is, that song helped drive me to write the article and come out and, you know, be my authentic self. And uh, I'm weird with my music and my rituals and everything. And so like, as I was driving back to Pennsylvania and the article was about to come out, Jim told me, I asked him what time he's like, the article's coming out at 8am. And I'm like, okay, I got it. And so at like 7:58 am I was already getting the car. I like put love yours on. And like, I wanted that to be the song I was listening to when the article came out. And it's just, you know, music does, it's, it's, it's amazing. And it, it can transport you to different moments. It's, you know, it can make you laugh, smile, be happy, cry. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's one of the best things in my life. I was just going to follow up to that, um, you know, checking up on your, your gaydar, I guess. And trying to, there's so many stereotypes. And the funny thing is, just like you said earlier, it's not like you could tell somebody's sexuality just by looking at them. So thank you for normalizing us as LGBTQ people. Uh, well, you know, you you came out, you came out to the world, you wrote this opinions piece, it came out to your team, and that seemed like it was like a big secret. But here on the program, I feel like you can share other secrets. What's 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 another secret about you that you have not shared with someone else? And it could be maybe a, a hobby that <laughs> like maybe in your, your free time you like to sew. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I'm uh, I am like, I had that one big secret, but other than that, I was a pretty open book, um, you know, and I, I would get so good at hiding that, that I'd feel like I'd have to deflect and tell you something else. But uh, I mean, just to, just to stick with uh, music, like definitely a, a big Bieber guy, like Justin Bieber, all, all about it. Like he's got, he got, got great. The, the album that he just put out changes, like he is so in love. I hope one day I am half as in love as what he is because every one of those songs, it's just like, you can feel how much he loves his wife through that. Um, but you know, no, I just, all right, I'm I'm ending the program. You and my wife can go chit chat about Justin Bieber now. <laughs> yeah, love to, John. love to, you know, John. Okay, well, outside of music, uh, who who are some of the other people who've inspired you in your life, or who've been your heroes? Um, you know, I, I would start. You got to start at home with me, uh, with my mom and dad. Uh, you know, they just I I use the phrase often. I, I am a product of my environment, and just b- between the two of them. I feel like I've I've stole the best qualities from both of them, and you know my dad is he's such a hard worker. Um, he's he's worked for the same business for quite a while, and happy to say that he's was able to sell it, and he's going to retire at the end of this year. But uh, there's 
there's moments in my life with him, you know, uh, there was a, a, a tough family moment where my uncle had an accident and was paralyzed from the neck down. And uh, the, the doctor said that he was never going to walk again. And I, I remember being younger and I would go with him to the hospital. And every day my dad would, you know, pull the hospital bed sheets back and he would stretch, you know, my, my uncle's legs and he'd do exercises with their legs. And, you know, he'd kind of do arm circles with his arms and he'd, he'd make sure every joint was moving. And he would just, he would do it day after day after day and just go in there and kind of work my uncle out, so to speak. And he just was, he was not going to give up on him. And that was really, really inspiring to see at a young age. And then on the other end, my mom is just the most loving, caring person I've ever met. Um, I give her a hard time and I say that she's persistent. and She is. Um, when she puts her mind to something, she does it. And she doesn't care if you if she needs your help or if, if, if it's something that, that you want to do. But like when she sets her mind to it, she's going to achieve that goal. And like, I say it all the time, like I am my mother's son. Like I just, I get that from her, her drive. And, you know, she, she moved out of the house at a young age and you, she was working two, three jobs to support herself, but she, she wasn't going to give up on that. And, um, that they both just have inspired me. And I'm, I'm so blessed because they've accepted me as who I am. And, you know, they've really, I, everything I've accomplished, I, I owe to them. And then obviously my brother and sister played huge roles in my lives, in my life as well. Um, if I was to, if I was to look outside of my family, um, I've, uh, you know, I, I'm really inspired. This is a new one by coach Kurt Miller uh, with the uh, Connecticut Sun. Like I said, I talked with him yesterday in the WNBA and just, he, he told me his story yesterday and he, He's just, he's been able to accomplish what I want to do. He's been successful in his sport. Now his sport is has been women's basketball and, and that's not a knock on him. I mean, I think he can coach men, women, whatever. It, it wouldn't matter. Um, and, and he'd find a way. He's got the drive to be successful. And I just, I learned so much just in that hour conversation I had with him yesterday. And, you know, I want to be able to, to drive and, and be successful the way that he's been in the men's game and kind of be a, an advocate for other, other people like myself. And so just, I've been really blessed to be around great, great people. And uh, that's, that's key to anyone's success. As we wind down, Matt, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts about, because I think you are the future of LGBTQ in sports. And that is our hope that there is no closet, you know, to, to have to come out of. Uh, but what, what are your thoughts on what some things sports culture could do even policy wise to make it safer uh, for LGBTQ people in sports to be themselves? Uh, I think if you're, if you really want to educate people, it needs to start at a younger age. I think it needs to, you know, for example, sex education, they teach sex education in high school, but they, they only teach it, you know, male to female, female to male. And I think if you were to start to educate people younger, um, that that would really make a difference. And then it's it's going to sound like a cop-out answer, but just like the more people that continue to come out, the more people that go to outsports.com and email Jim and write their story uh, will help normalize it. Because, you know, I, even in my own experience of coming out, I had plenty of players, you know, reach out to me, players that I haven't talked to in, in years and one specific reached out and he apologized for saying, you know, the word gay or homophobic slurs or whatever. And he's like, hey, I, I didn't mean it. You know, I, I'm sorry. I hope I didn't offend you. He's like, you know, we used to just kind of laugh that off. And I think by him now knowing that I'm gay, it, it normalized it. And now he doesn't look at it as, oh, that's a gay person or it's a lesbian or a, a bi, tri, whatever. Uh you know, it's now, now they look at him like, oh, well, that's Matt. You know, if, if I'm going to make a homophobic slur like that, that, that would hurt Matt. And so in doing that, it, it's normalized it. And then, and I think as soon as people, I'm learning this quickly that when people get to know someone in their life that is, is in the LGBTQ community, 
it changes their perspective really, really quick. You know, it's no longer like, you know, such an issue because now it's, it hits closer to home. And so, you know, try and normalize it. Um, be an advocate, you know, read. I, I, I talked to a class um, from Ole Miss and uh, one of the students kind of asked, you know, what can we do to help? And I said, it's, it's as simple as when Outsports puts out an article, you know, we all have social media, retweet it, like read it and retweet it, you know, read it and post it to your story on Instagram. Even if it doesn't hit home with you, even if it's about someone in soccer and you're a baseball guy, you know, just by you taking that article and spreading it amongst your group, you don't know who in your your group will see that article and it, it'll mean something to that person. It'll benefit them. It'll show them that there's people out there and that, you know, the acceptance is growing. And so just share the share the link to the stories and, and help promote, you know, knowledge and, and defeat ignorance. Uh, what about anti-LGBTQ discrimination rules on the court? Are, are, did, are those, is there, is there such a thing or, you know, do, um, are there rules on the court, like, you know, for anti-hate? Um, you know, it's, it's kind of an untapped area, I would say, you know, there's not a ton of, you know, to be honest, this, you know, coaching 10 years, I can't ever say, Outside of the women's game, in the men's game, I can't say like I ever knew if I was going up against someone in the LGBTQ community, I'm sure because they were closeted. And so uh, I I don't know specifically that there's rules, but uh, there's been plenty of times that, like I said, that I've heard, oh, oh, don't do that, that's gay or or something like that, come out of even one of my own guys' mouths. But I think that that is already going to change now that I've come out and told my story, um, you know, and, and I do, I can definitely understand how that could be a fear for someone to come out, you know, but I, I hope that we can move past that in time. Absolutely. Absolutely. John? I mean, what, what about just basic, you know, NCAA rules on hiring, uh, you know, staff and, and such like that? Are there any anti-discrimination laws that you know of there or rules? Um, I know that, you know, as, as people post jobs, you know, in a lot, especially in colleges and universities, there are, you know, th- those laws are in place. It's been a, it's been an interesting um, kind of dance for me, even as I'm applying for these jobs, because I, I say I want to be authentic, but I'm not always sure how to go about bringing that up. And uh, I actually had one of my mentors say to me, like, you know, um, Matt, when you apply for jobs, they ask you for your name and your, your birthday, your address, your, you know, even your ethnic background. He's like, but there, is there any box in there that you check that is, you know, straight, gay, bi, you know, et cetera. And I'm like, no. And, and they were like, you know, okay, well then you need to, you need to, you know, you've put that out there. You need to not discriminate against yourself. You know, that's not something that you need to go throw at them in the first conversation. You know, they have Google, they can type your name in and like they they can do their own research. You know, absolutely. When and if the time comes up, I'll bring it up, you know, and, uh, you know, I I don't I'm not trying to hide it at all. But it's uh, it is it's going to be interesting. I'm going to have to find someone with a, a forward mindset that is going to be open to you know, like I said, my lifestyle. Well, I th- I think you're doing an admirable thing. You're you're changing the uh, sports culture as you're being your authentic self. Thank you so much for joining us here on the program and for sharing a piece of your life. I really really uh, enjoyed it, and I appreciated appreciate you guys having me. And uh, go check out out sports and pass the articles along to friends. And what should we tell our viewers to hit you up? but like without an ulterior motive. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, if the right one hits me up, then, you know, it, it's, just, you know, but, but no, we, uh, I need a little time. I need a little time, but definitely, uh, I, I want to, I definitely want to say too, like I'm here to help anybody that's struggling, going through what I've gone through, whether you're in sport, out of sports, uh, you know, if you check out those articles, my emails there, and, uh, I'd love to hear and talk to anybody and, you know, help in any way I can. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for getting all dressed up, even though you're in in quarantine or not quarantine, but sheltering at home. Uh, We appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Got to look good to play good. So here we go. (laughs) 
Um, and thank you all for joining us. Uh, this program will, of course, also be archived on our website at commonwealthclub.org, and we'll be podcasting it. So, uh, And you can find out more of our upcoming free online programs at commonwealthclub.org slash online. Thank you, everybody. Have a good week.